You're listening to episode 11, The Power of Your Name. And I have a quick apology for you. I am recording this while, or I did record this while the California wildfires are going on. And I talk with my hands, so they're moving around and they were hitting the cord. And you can hear that a little bit in the recording, but I thought, you know what? (laughs) I don't know when the power is going to go out again, and I don't have time to re-record this whole thing. So I just apologize that sometimes you can hear my arm hitting the the cord, and it makes a little slight noise, but I don't have time to record the whole thing, and who knows if I'm going to lose power. So apologies, but I hope you enjoy this message of the power of your name. Welcome to the Nature of Hope podcast. I'm your host, Lori Kaler. Here we will take 15 minutes to step back, delight in nature, and discover God. My goal is to give you hope in your daily walk and increase your awareness and enchantment in the beautiful world God created for us to take part in. If you sometimes feel disenchanted with life or disconnected from God, This is the place for you. If you pull over for sunsets and sometimes you feel like your church is outside, this is for you. Come with me and let's explore the animals, the quiet forests, deep under the seas, and high on the mountaintops, all that God has made for us to delight in. It's time to de-stress and refresh in the nature of hope. Were you called a particular name in your childhood, a nickname, and maybe you didn't like it? Kids can be really cruel, and some people are called fatty, or if you've got an unfortunate last name, they make a joke out of it and call you something else. And then sometimes it's our own families that say the cruelest things. My family wasn't cruel, but I didn't appreciate always being told I was out to lunch um, or a space cadet because I always had my head in a book. And sometimes we carry these names about ourselves and we shouldn't because God calls us by a completely different name. So we're going to talk about the red-winged blackbird and other birds and the power of your name and what your real name really is. So if you're new to the birding world, you might not realize that a lot of birds and songbirds around us are named for their their looks. Uh, this is great for a beginning birder because it makes it really easy to identify. Like the goldfinch is a gold-colored bird, the cardinal is cardinal red, and the bluebird is blue. But if you're east of the Mississippi, he has sort of a red breast. The black-capped chickadee has a little, like, black beret on top. And the red-winged blackbird looks just like its name. It has red marks on its wings, almost like epaulets, on the top of its black shoulders. Red-winged blackbirds usually breed around cattail marshes, so you can find them there or in nearby fields. They have a really distinctive, (laughs) this is going to sound crazy, conquerie kind of call. And you can go on the cornell.edu website. They have a great ornithology uh, place where you can listen for bird calls. I also have this cool new app on my phone. 
It's really expensive, this app. I mean, expensive to me. I think it was about $10. But it is put together by David Sibley, who has a lot of books on birding. And it's a really great app for listening to bird songs. You can record a bird song. This is a total rabbit trail. I'm not talking about names right now. But this app, I just find enchanting. It's called Song Sleuth. Sleuth is S-L-E-U-T-H, Song Sleuth. And um, David Sibley is the author of many books on birding. And they have beautiful pictures on here of what the birds look like. Uh, They have what birds are in your area. They have, you know, some birds can have many different calls, like their happy call, their warning call, etc. And this gives you all the different kinds of bird calls so you can identify them. And it can even record a bird that you hear outside. So then there are other apps that aren't as expensive. I think this one was like $9.95 or something. But I found it on a birding website that said it's the best. So I got it. But it's really fun to learn bird calls so that even when you don't see a bird, you will know what's around just by hearing it. So you can go on this site and look up the red-winged blackbird's call. But I really like the red-winged blackbird because it's an easy bird to identify to teach your kids or your grandkids. It's like, look, it has little red marks on its wings. And in the springtime, they flare these um, their wings and to make their red splotches show more. And they fluff up their red shoulders to impress the ladies. So the red-winged blackbird is named after what it looks like. I think naming things is important. When I was scuba diving, I wanted to know the names of all the fish I was seeing. It was exciting to be deep underwater and realize that the clownfish were the ones that I thought were so cute, darting in and out of the anemones. They were so charming and entertaining. And the uh, black, yellow, and white striped ones that were really elegant and hard to find, they were Moorish idols. I really liked them. And the parrotfish were the really brightly colored ones that were, you could hear them munching on the coral underwater. It was like crunch, crunch, crunch. And I learned that those were parrotfish. And if you look at their mouths, they have really strong teeth. And I just thought this was so fun to learn the names of everything. Knowing their names also helped me to identify the deadly fish that are underwater, like lionfish and stonefish. And it gave me a feeling of confidence and mastery. Um, about my surroundings, to know what, what what I was looking at. And the same thing happened when I became an obsessed gardener. It didn't do any good if I showed up at the local plant nursery and said, uh, do you have any of those pink spike-like plants? This could give me all sorts of answers. Uh, are you looking for a gladiola, a foxglove, snapdragons? But it wasn't the one I wanted, the obedient plant, which is Okay, here's a Latin word, Fisostegia virgiana. (laughs) Mark Twain said the difference between the right word and the almost right word is the difference between the lightning and the lightning bug. A lot of power and reference is associated with names. For years, Scandinavians named their children John's son or Eric's son, which is where we get the names like Johnson and Erickson. That method of naming told us about the child's patronage. It indicated what family that child came from. For Native Americans, picking the right name for their children was a very solemn and important ceremony. Many tribes waited until their children could walk and their personality became evident, and then they named their children according to their characteristics and their physical traits. 
Sometimes our families do this to us informally, and it can take a lifetime to shed those unwanted names and labels that they give us. I was always daydreaming as a child, as I said earlier, and quite forgetful. My mom would be would tell me to go up to my room and get something, and then I'd get distracted by a book or some project in my room, and she'd come looking for me later wondering what had happened. <laughs> So today, people who are easily distracted or whose thoughts are often elsewhere get named Space Cadet and Flake. In my family, I was out to lunch. It was a great discovery when I moved to Australia and found people didn't have preconceived notions of who I was. I learned to think about myself in new ways. My friends down under gave me new names and labels such as creative, outgoing, friendly. Today, I heard someone on the radio admit that she was a fat kid, and kids used to call her Peggy Sue because her name was Peggy Sue, I guess. Forty years later, she is an accomplished therapist, but the memory is still fresh. Names can carry a great deal of emotional weight and power. When I worked in advertising, my colleagues would get all bent out of shape if they didn't get a certain title after their name. In ad agencies, they threw titles around like confetti. But you know what? My motto was always, "Don't praise me, raise me." I don't care about what label you give me. I want a, I want a financial raise. <laughs> I see this too in Tom's field of、um, computers and software. Oftentimes, someone working for him is salivating for this coveted title or position. We associate power and prestige with certain names like president. Vice President, CEO, and Senior Officer. The Book of Proverbs says that a good name is more desirable than riches, and Solomon said that a good name is better than fine perfume. Names are important to God as well, especially yours. Do you know the story of Hagar in the Book of Genesis? It is such a beautiful story. Hagar was a slave, and she worked for Abraham and Sarah, and. They wanted to have a child. In fact, God promised them they would have a child, but they didn't wait for God. Sarah said, "You know, this isn't going to happen. So here, sleep with my slave. We'll have a kid, and that's how we'll accomplish this." Well, it didn't work out, of course. I mean, she had a child, but then jealousy, resentment, and Sarah said, "Kick that slave girl out. I don't want her around anymore." So Hagar ends up in the desert. She's alone and she's crying out in defeat, and God comes to her aid. It's in Genesis chapter sixteen. When God comes to her, she says, "You are the God who sees me." This is one of my favorite moments in the Bible. No matter how small and insignificant we may feel at times, God sees us. No matter how badly we've blown it, or how badly others have treated us, He cares and He knows us by name. So many times, names are recorded in the Bible of insignificant people. Whom God doesn't see as insignificant, He calls them by name and gives them dignity and respect. Just a cursory glance through the books of Numbers or Chronicles reveals long lists of names and tribes, each one known to God. I like the way God gives us names about who we are becoming, about our positive possibilities, not based on what we've done. The Apostle Paul said that God is the God who gives life to the dead. And calls things that are not as though they were in Romans four chapter seventeen. I like the way God changes the names of people in the Bible too. To the first patriarch, he said, "You know what? You're no longer going to be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, 
for I have made you a father of many nations. I also like the account of Jacob wrestling with the man in the book of Genesis. All his life, Jacob, whose name means deceiver or usurper, had tried to get things his own way. I can relate to this. That night, he wrestles with the man, and the man asks him his name. And I don't think this was for the man's benefit so much as for Jacob's. God seems to be asking, who are you really, Jacob? He knows that Jacob has struggled his whole life with his identity. God wants Jacob to say his name out loud. And then God tells him, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob goes from being called the usurper and deceiver to wearing the name of overcomer. I'm so glad we don't have to wear names based on our behavior. The red-winged blackbird could be called the polygamous bird because he mates with more than one female each season and helps raise several broods. We have names for that in human behavior, names like cad, womanizer, and adulterer. A brief look at ourselves could reveal some interesting names and titles that we wouldn't want to wear publicly. She who lies about how much she spends shopping. I could wear that name. I used to do that. Or she who secretly envies other women's homes. Or he who desires other men's wives are just some of the scary labels that we could be named. I think I'd prefer running deer or babbling brook. Thankfully, God doesn't see us this way. Not only is our name important to God, but He wants us to know the importance of His name. The third commandment says, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses His name. Exodus 20 verse 7. Or another way to put this is, Don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. God takes the use of His name seriously. I am the Lord. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. Isaiah 42.8 The Bible lists many names of God. Here are just a few of them. El Ayon, the Lord Most High, in Deuteronomy 26, verse 19. El Shaddai, the God who is all-sufficient, Genesis 17, verses 1-2. through Jehovah Roy, the God who sees. Genesis 16:13 Jehovah Rapha the Lord our healer Exodus 15:26 Emmanuel God with us Isaiah 7:14 These names of God are important because they reveal God's character and heart toward us Time and time again the Bible gives examples of people running to safety and accomplishing miracles in the name of the Lord I love this verse. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Proverbs 18, verse 10. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 124, verse 8. There is healing in the name of the Lord. Is any of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. James 5, verse 14. And finally, there is power and authority in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what's a really fun thing to do is read missionary stories. When you see what people encounter in the wilderness and crazy places out there, like in, you know, Irian Jawa, uh, Papua New Guinea, Africa, 
There's stuff going on, demonic stuff that goes on that can only be dealt with in the name of the power of Jesus Christ. And it's amazing when you read these accounts of what happened. When Peter and John encountered the lame man who was begging for money outside the temple, Peter said to him, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. This is in Acts 3. And the man walked away healed. One of the most riveting moments I've experienced was when a woman in our church talked about a trip she took to Africa years ago. Her faith was about as strong as you would expect of a young person who hadn't been through any trials or difficult times to test it. She's from the Silicon Valley. I mean, how hard is life here? While visiting a village one day, she and her group were told that there was a woman who was extremely ill and fading fast. Would they pray for her? Well, sure, of course, they thought, without much faith. They shuffled into her hut, laid hands on her, and prayed in the name of Jesus. The woman jumped up and exclaimed that she was healed. We were shocked, Christy admitted. Then after hearing about the woman who was healed, others in the village came and lined up for prayer. No pressure, huh? (laughs) The group, again, without much faith, shrugged their shoulders, agreed to pray for them all. Christy said, to this day, I almost don't believe what I saw. We prayed for people in the name of Jesus Christ, and they were healed. The blind saw, and the lame walked. She readily admits that she and her group didn't have all that much faith, but they did have the powerful name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Paul explains why the name of Jesus has this power. Who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider quality with God something to be grasped, to be reached for, to be grabbed hold of, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, and being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians chapter 2 verses 6 through 11. Names carry great meaning. God never forgets a face or a name, including yours. He says that he has our names inscribed on the palms of his hands in Isaiah 49:16. God has your name inscribed on the palms of his hands. So what about you? Have you shed the names that others have given you that sort of cling to you and you carry them on into adulthood? Or maybe you're saying bad things about yourself. We can be really bad about this. The other day I was driving in the car with family members and they said, wait, why did you turn here? And instead of saying, oh, I got distracted. I was listening to your story. Instead, I said, oh, because I'm an idiot. And I thought, that's really mean. Why do you say things like that? And you could say, oh, you're only kidding. But I have to wonder, what does that do to your subconscious if you keep saying things like, oh, I'm an idiot? When you're by yourself, what is the self-talk in our heads? That's not the way God thinks about us. That's not the words he would use to describe us. So we need to 
Think about the names we call ourselves and the names we identify with. And in heaven, he will give us a new name like he did Jacob. I'm glad mine won't be based on how I look, like the red-winged blackbird. It could be she who can't say no to dessert or or based on my behavior. She who criticizes too much. (laughs) That could be one of my names. And because my sins were nailed to the cross with Jesus, and because your sins were nailed to the cross with Jesus, I'm confident that one of my new nicknames will be Victorious One, and yours can be too. This talk about the red-winged blackbird and the power of names was from my book, Wings of Mercy, Spiritual Reflections from the Birds of the Air. It's only available as an ebook, so but you don't need to have a Kindle to read it. You can get the Kindle Reader app, which is free, and read it on your tablet or even your phone, or just download the ebook to your computer. And that's Wings of Mercy, Spiritual Reflections from the Birds of the Air. If you like birds, you will learn a lot about birds in this book, and you can find it on Amazon. If you love nature, like gardening, birds, or just being outside, You might really like this free resource I have for you. It's called A Sense of His Presence, Finding God with All Your Five Senses. It's a free download. It's on my website, just on the the main page, lauriekaler.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page and you'll find it there. It's a 38-page gorgeous color resource, and it walks you through your, your sense of sight, your sense of sound, hearing, and helps you connect with God in nature and see things in a new way, see Him in a new way. See your life in a new way. So you can download that at my website. It's totally free, lauriekaler.com. And Lori is L-A-U-R-I-E. Kaler is K-E-H-L-E-R. And it's at the bottom of the page. Just scroll down and you'll see the book, A Sense of His Presence. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy week to listen and learn about birds and God's creation and the red-winged blackbird and the power of your name, and the power of His name. Don't forget this week to step outside and de-stress and refresh in the nature of hope. See you next week.